I don't know. <laughs> Listen to them, children of the night. What music they make. It is midnight in Cozy Corner and around the world. Pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and get ready to howl at the moon. It is time for the Late Night Fright with Dana Faith right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. What have we got tonight? Tonight we got the 1990 Kevin Bacon Fred Ward movie Tremors. Can you dig it? I can dig it. I can dig it too. I am the coyote. It is time for the late night fright with Dan and Faith right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Welcome, all of you graboids, to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner, and Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very Earl Bassett co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the movie Trimmers. We are indeed talking about the 1990 Universal comedy horror film Trimmers from director Ron Underwood. Faith, check this out. The cast includes the very footloose Kevin Bacon. A guy who had the right stuff, Fred Ward, everybody's favorite TV dad, Michael Gross, and the pride of Oklahoma, Reba McIntyre. I mean, in your wildest (laughs) dreams, would you have ever put that motley assortment of people together in a movie about giant bugs underneath the uh, earth? Not at all. Not at all, right? (laughs) Because when I think of monster movies, I immediately go, Reba McIntyre. You know who? Right. You know who we need in this movie? You know who would put this monster movie over the top? Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre. Get her. And they got her. This movie premiered on January 19th, 1990, and is a throwback to the classic creature features of yesteryear, like, ready for it, Faith? Mm -hmm. Like, them. I think it's more like them. Because it's got that exclamation mark (laughs) after it, which we covered on the show. Faith, tell them where they can find that episode. Wherever podcasts can be found. Indeed. Check out these reviews on Trimmers from the professional talking heads from the movie critics. James Barra Danelli says that horror comedies often tread too far to one side or the other of that fine line. Trimmers walks it like a tightrope. Jeff Andrew of Time Out said... This is what a monster movie is supposed to be like, and it's terrific. John Nickham of the Lawrence Journal World said this is a flawless B-movie about giant underground creatures. As Nicolas Cage would say, that's high praise. (laughs) Faith, what did you think of Tremors? I love this movie. It is so much fun to watch. (laughs) This is, um, all in all, pound for pound, I think this is the most entertaining movie that we have done on this show. We've been doing this show... Since February, we're a hundred some odd episodes in. 
I really think this is the the <laughs> most entertaining <laughs> movie that we've done on this show, and I'm really excited to talk about this tonight. But Faith, we can't talk about the movie yet, can we? Nope. Do you know why we can't talk about the movie? Because we have some news to talk we about. We have to do the news. Cozy Corner police are looking for the burglar that recently broke into Franny Farmer's house. Police spokesman Frank Monday says he's never seen anything like it. The suspect left all of the money, jewels, and other valuables behind. He took all of her lamps. Farmer is taking it in stride. In a statement issued exclusively to WKMF, she said, They took my lamps. I guess you could say I'm delighted. Indeed. Let me think about that for a minute here. I'm delighted. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Bapo the Clown, host of Bapo's Basement, the highest rated daytime program for children on WKMF television, recently made news not for his clowning around, but for his new invention, Bapo's Drive. The new external hard drive is compatible with all computers, comes with a lifetime warranty, and faith the storage capacity is amazing. Are you ready for this? Yes. It holds up to 50 gigabytes. Well, okay. There it is. We may never know why the chicken crossed the road, but we know why the chicken stopped in the middle of the road. Clucker, Todd and Shasta Wick's prize-winning hen, recently walked out to the middle of Cozy Avenue and laid an egg. When asked why she stopped in the middle of the road, Clucker replied, I wanted to lay it all out on the line. It's fascinating. Very. Can we talk about the fact that we have a talking chicken in town? That's exactly what I was thinking. And no one... No one's... That's not even the news. Not even the news, no. So, here we go. Faith? Mm Mm-hmm. We're in November. Yes. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. We've been doing the show since February. And Faith, there is a man out there Mm -hmm. who has not been on this show. Who is that man, Faith? Robert England, of course. Robert England. We have uh, written. We have... You know, we've sent messages. We've tried to get... by his house. Well, yeah, we did against uh, our lawyer's orders. But, uh, you know, Robert, you have an open invite to come on the show. He has not taken us up on that open invite. We think it's because he hasn't been getting the messages. But if he has been getting the messages, we think that, you know, there's just not a, you know, a sweet enough pot for him to come. You know, like, why would he just show up on our show? We have to make it worth his while, right? Exactly. So... Faith, what all have we offered him? We've offered him a crisp $5 bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've offered him anything he wants off of the dollar menu at Taco Bell. We've offered him a bag of aluminum cans that he can bring to mm-hmm. a recycling center to redeem the, uh, you know, you can keep that change. Uh, a used computer bag, uh, black and orange, mm-hmm. Halloween colors. Uh, a uh, cube, a uh, you know cell phone charger cube that's, that's used. A half-used jar of Vicks Vapor Rub, lavender scent. And uh, a 32-ounce old Milwaukee tall boy. Mm-hmm. We've, we've offered all of this to him. He can do with these what he wants. He can donate to charity if he wants. Right. We just want to get him on the show. And he mm-hmm. can, you know, we'll go to him. He can come to us. We can do this on the phone. He can uh, just send us a voicemail. We'd like that. Just a hello, you know, introduce the show for us. You know, mm-hmm. something just to get him on the show. So all those things I just mentioned, I guess the pot is still not sweet enough. And Faith? What you got? I am willing to offer Robert England. If he comes on our show, 1,000 standard staples. He can put it in any stapler of his choice. The stapler's not provided? He's going to have to provide his own stapler. 
He's Robert England. He's okay. doing well enough to, to get a cool stapler. But I'm going to provide him 1,000 standard staples. We have them right here in the office. You know, this is nothing. They're with us. You know, we don't have to make a trip out. Right. Know? We're going we're gonna to get them right from the stock room. 1,000 standard staples. And I'm going to reissue the ultimatum. Robert, if you're not on the show by Christmas, we're going to start going after Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Or maybe we'll try to get Michael Gross, the dad from TV's <laughs> Family Ties, star of tonight's movie, Trimmers, on the show. He seems like a righteous dude. I think he would do the show if we got, if we got word time. I think so. Yeah. Possibly. Robert, if you want all of this, plus the thousand standard staples, please come on the show. Please. Please. And that, Faith, that is the news. Never gets old, does it, Faith? Never. You know what else doesn't get old? What? Tremors. That's right. Tremors never gets old. <laughs> We're going to be talking about tremors when we get back from the break. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We'll see you on the other side. week i uh, have a review that uh should be very exciting it's a holiday themed review it's a new blend called uh santa's sleigh um it's a menthol infused um green treat guaranteed to uh get you where you want to be and uh, if you're like me where you want to be is high um also i'm uh I'm going to talk about uh, why you should never listen to uh, James Taylor while you're high. And uh, really, why you shouldn't listen to James Taylor at all. And um, I'm also going to talk to you about uh, some of the things in my sock drawer. I've got some uh, I got some fun socks. Maybe I'll tell you about them. i got some, uh, I got some socks with uh, some little cute... Easter eggs and bunnies on it. Anyway, um, tune in to the Straight Up with uh, Harrison Ford right here on whatever radio station it says, or don't. I really don't care. Whatever. This is Antoine Duplay, Psychic, inviting you to my new show on WKMF. Cozy Corner Public Radio. It's called Teabagging with Antoine. I will be reading the tea leaves in an attempt to give you an accurate forecast of the future. Green tea, black tea, all the teas. 
Let me, Antoine Duplace, like it, teabag you. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Faith, can I tell you a story? Absolutely. All right, here we go. In the city of perfection, population 14, elevation 2,135 feet, there lives under the earth giant worms that can sense vibrations. If you move, they get you. If they get you, you die. Before bird box and a quiet place, there were the graboids, Faith. The Graboids. It's up to Valentine McKee and Earl Bassett, two numb nuts completely ill-equipped for the hero job, to shepherd the good people of perfection to safety. Those people include the dad from Family Ties, one of the most successful country singers of all time, and the girl from Jurassic Park. What do you think of that story? That was a wonderful story. That was a great story, isn't it? Very. It's a great story. Uh, What did you think of Tremors, and what was it about this movie that got you? I loved it so much, and I said that earlier. It's so much fun to watch. It's so funny. I think the the comedy and horror is blended so good, and I guess I like that it's a universal film because I feel like it's kind of a throwback to the movies, and they're kind of so close to my heart now. So I don't know. It's just such a fun movie. There's a... There's a very special feeling about this movie. Mm-hmm. I get a little nostalgic with it. Uh, I Let's see. Here's my notes. I'm going to read my notes on this. Okay. Um, this is a total B movie. <laughs> this is a real B movie. And this is the kind of thing that would have been a smash at the drive-in way back in the day. And it's funny to me how the drive-in morphed into the video store in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. So I was about 12 when this came out. So my first... Uh, interaction with it was on video cassette. We rented it from the video store. Now, this movie didn't do a whole lot of business at the box office, but when it came out, it really found its audience. It tripled what it made wow. at the box office on video. It found its audience and became a real kind of cult thing. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy and proud to say that I've been a member of the Trimmers cult since 1990 <laughs> when this came out on video cassette. My only regret is I didn't get to see it um, in the movie theater. I would love to see this on a on a big screen but uh it got me then i was the right age for it like i said i was about 12 years old and this movie continues to just speak to me on that level but it's not nostalgia it's this is a really good movie (laughs) yeah so what do you think it is that made people fall in love with it because i fall in love with it every time i watch it i i kind of fall back in love with it and i can't even tell you how many times i've seen it well let me ask you first what is it about it that brings you back to it so many times since you've seen it so many times um early on it was the uh the comedy horror elements mm-hmm. you know because and those are great and those still bring me back right. now it's the characters and right. it's the actors <laughs> and it's and it's just everything kind of about it but uh as a from a writing standpoint it's how simple and effective all right. of this is but uh, it's the characters spending yeah. spending time with these characters. I wasn't going to say. I feel like the story is very relatable because they're all a bunch of average Joe people. You know, like right. There's no you know with these superhero movies sometimes 
we saw this with Suicide Squad. There's this knock on superhero movies where there's a giant light going up into the mm-hmm. sky, the beam going in the space. You know, they have to shut that <laughs> off or yes. turn it on or something like this. Right. This movie is so damn simple. Mm-hmm. There's worms under the earth, and this is not <laughs> saving the world. This is we got to get 20 miles to the mountains. Exactly. You know? And so there's that like predator vibe of we just got to survive. Yeah. But this is funny. <laughs> you know. <laughs> This exactly. is this is absolutely funny. Um, do you have any opinion on on why you know people fall in love with this movie? Because you you did you yeah. know this this happened to you again. Like you said, the the characters are so much fun to watch. It's funny. I like the story. Like you said, it's so simple. I like that it's just these random average people who have no gold, whatever they're doing. And then this thing yeah. happens and there's this crisis and it's just like, yeah, let's do what we can do, but we're not really good at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think what, I think what really works about the movie are the elements of the horror and the comedy, mm-hmm. like we said, and the way that they're mixed. And what's so awesome about the movie is that it takes the situation so seriously. Like yes. there is actual danger in right. the movie and the screenplay, I think does a great job of showing that danger and then it builds the tension for what's to come. Like they have everything built so you know, like, okay, there's something in the ground. Oh, they can do this. Oh, this is look at what they did to these sheep. So right. you know they can do that to the characters. So exactly. and um so the screenplay does a great job of building the tension, but the best humor to me is character driven humor. And the fun and comedy of this movie come from the characters' reactions to what's going on around them. So like as tense as everything is. It's also extremely good natured mm-hmm. and it's just a whole lot of fun. And Kevin Bacon says that this was the most fun he's ever had making a movie. And I think it shows. So let's talk about the characters that populate this town of perfection. First, we have our two numbnuts, Val McKee, played by Kevin Bacon and Earl Bassett, played by the great character actor Fred Ward. He has always been one of my favorites. What did you think of Val and Earl and of Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward as a screen team? And if you want to talk about them individually, but but just as a team. They had me laughing, the characters, the whole entire movie, I, I feel like, pretty much. They feel like they've known each other 20 years. I know. And, the, and I know all, a lot of this was scripted. I'm sure some of it was ad-lib, but... They're just effortless with the back and forth yeah, banner of these guys. Yeah, it doesn't really feel scripted. It feels like just two friends out there just talking like, to like each other. They just brought a camera out and caught these two guys <laughs> uh, taking a whiz off of a cliff when you first meet him. <laughs> you know, <Exactly. laughs> um, I can't say enough good things about Val and Earl. What do you think about them as our kind of tour guides through this? Because they are... I refer to them as numbnuts. Do you agree with that assessment of them as numbnuts? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are very ill-equipped for this gig, though, are they not? They are. But, I mean, I like that they at least attempt to get out or, you know, do something about it, you know? So. They they continually adapt. Right. I think, yeah. Um, I love them. I think they are one of the great screen teams in movies. Mm-hmm. Um probably underrated like this movie i think is mm-hmm. kind of underrated but i think uh this movie works because kevin bacon and fred ward are so good together and they're so goddamn likable i know you know because these are not educated men are they no <laughs> no did you fall in love with them pretty immediately oh yeah they're they're pretty special people <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, So they are living in this town called Perfection. It's in a valley. What did you think of the town of Perfection as a setting for a horror movie? I liked it. It it was a. It kind of reminded me a little bit of them, kind of that rural 
desert-like, you know, atmosphere. Yeah. And you kind of feel like it's so vast and so open and there's kind of nowhere really to move in a way, even though it is wide open. Isn't it amazing as wide open as it is, as it's how isolated it is? Yeah, you're like stuck, you know. (laughs) I was was also getting a vibe of the thing, Outpost 31, just a little bit, you know, like Mm -hmm. they're they're, because there's just like, you know, 12 people in this movie, (laughs) you know, in this little town. Um, I think it's a great setting. I think it kind of harkens back to Westerns in a way, too. You know, yeah. so it's got that Western vibe to yeah. it, you know, and they're kind of cowboys in a way. <laughs> and they ride horses at one point during the movie, yes. too. Uh, I love it as a setting for a horror movie. I think isolation works so well in horror. And mm-hmm. this is just a really nice place you yeah. know, to set this movie. And how odd is it? You know, 12 people, you know. <laughs> Very odd. And I want to say this again. What I love about it is... Uh, you know, and this place ties into this. This is not an end of the world, save the world apocalypse scenario. This is just get the hell out of Dodge. Save and, yourself and get out pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the fact that, you know, um, you know, it's just this little pissant town they're trying to get out of. Exactly. So the town is populated by some absolutely lovable weirdos. Do you think that's an accurate description? I would say so. Yeah, we have Victor Wong as Chang. Bobby Jacoby as Melvin Plug, Charlotte Stewart as Nancy Sterngood, Ariana Richards as the pogo stick loving Mindy Sterngood, Tony Gennaro as Miguel, and Richard Marcus as Nestor. There are two townspeople, Faith, and an outsider that we have not mentioned yet, but we are going to get to them. (laughs) What did you think of the motley assortment of people, and did you like spending time with them? They were, like you said, weirdos in a way, but (laughs) they were so... Instantly lovable weirdos with all of their little peccadillos that they have, too, because Nestor, um, Melvin Plug, is an annoying little tween, Mm -hmm. and I love him. (laughs) Yeah, you, you love them, and you have so much fun watching them. And what they're doing and what they're going through. Uh, great movies let you spend time with the characters. Mm-hmm. My mother's favorite movie is a movie called Rio Bravo starring John Wayne and uh, Dean Martin. It's one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite movies, too. And the reason why it is Quentin's favorite movie and I think my mom's favorite movie is because you hang out with the characters. And do you feel like you hang out with these people a yeah. little bit? Like, y- even when stuff's going on around them, you're... You're hanging with them, you yep. know? And uh, what do you think of the actors? Because I think they're just wonderful. I think they're amazing. It's a really strange bunch of people, but they work so good together, you know? <laughs> really do, yeah. And no one's trying to steal a spotlight. You right. notice that? Like, yeah, because like, this is definitely the like least... What's what I'm looking for? This is definitely not the people that I would... Yeah. <laughs> And they're not together. like movie star looking people right. outside of maybe Kevin Bacon, you know, right. but even him, you know, there's an oddness to him, too. You know, yeah. it feels as real as they could make this. I know. You know, and like you said, I love that you get to spend time with them because you know who they are for what this movie is. You know, like you said, because it's yeah. them trying to get out. Yeah. So and then it makes you wonder, just like in uh, The Thing. What sins, what kind of person goes to Outpost 31 down in, uh, you know, the South Polo, wherever it is? What kind of people live in this town with 12 people? You know, right. like, it isn't. <laughs> and the thing is, like, all of them I can, you know, I go, yeah, they would live there. Yeah, they they all would live there, you yes. know. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we do have an outsider uh, played by, uh, well, the outsider is named Rhonda LeBeck. She's played by Finn Carter. Rhonda is a grad student at a university tasked with checking seismographs in the area. So she is able to let the townspeople in the audience know what is going on. And she seems so smart at times, 
that they all look to her for answers and her reactions to these to that is pretty priceless. <laughs> what did you think of Rhonda LeBeck and Finn Carter? I think that her character was awesome. I think that she did good kind of going up against these guys, you know, yeah. being the smarter one, but she still kind of feel like she fit in with them yeah. pretty well. You know? I, I really love Finn Carter in this movie. I love Rhonda because she's such a... Um, they don't play her as a nerd. That's that's kind right. of the go-to with these kind of science characters. You know, right. you have a little fun with her when she has the uh, suntan lotion on her nose mm-hmm. when you first meet her, when they meet her, you know. She's not what they're expecting. I don't think she's what the audience is expecting. Um, she's just a girl. And I right. mean that in the <laughs> nicest way possible. She's a girl. And I love how uh, she's kind of the third stooge with them mm-hmm. at times, you know. Yes. She's smart and resourceful. And uh, I absolutely love her. And you know what they don't do, even though she has to take her pants off in one scene? <laughs> When she has the barbed wire wrapped around her jeans, yes. you know, they don't sexualize her. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking that, too. <laughs> what do you think of the way that they ask her? I think Don't they call her science lady at one point? Um, the way that they just look to her like she has the answers yes. because they recognize her as the smartest person in the town. Yes. That might be a little sad, huh? Isn't that a little the sad? The outsider is the smartest one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love those reactions. Like, why are you looking at me? Right? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I can't say enough good things. I told you this uh, when we were watching. I said she's one of my favorite girls in movies. Mm-hmm. I love her and that character. And there's yeah. not much to her, but she's so fun. And she 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 brings uh, Miss Carter brings a real sense of play to that. And I mm-hmm. love the interplay between her and Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon, and then with the with the rest of the characters. Yes. So Faith finally. <laughs> Finally, we have our final two perfection residents, Bert and Heather Gummer, played by Michael Gross and Reva McIntyre. I grew up watching the sitcom Family Ties that Michael Gross was on. And outside of Bert being such a fun character, there's this unspoken joke that lands for me here and that his Family Ties character was a very smart, intelligent, warm and liberal man. Bert is smart and intelligent, but he's a right-leaning gun-nut survivalist who distrusts the government. <laughs> so he started shooting this the day after Family Ties wrapped. I think that is absolutely hysterical. His wife is played by Reba McIntyre in her first acting gig outside of music videos, and she has gone on to great success in television. And I would say that Miss McIntyre has been successful in most everything that she's done. Faith, Bert and Heather just about walk away with the movie for me. What do you think of Bert and Heather Gummer and of Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre? Because there are other couple in this movie. They really do almost walk off with this. They steal every scene that they are in. And I think they both have kind of these personalities that are bold on their own and then being them together. Yeah. It's so good. As I said in the beginning, you know, when I think monster movie, I think Reba McIntyre. Right. Yeah, you know, that's, that's my first go-to. My God, you know, I saw this movie for the first time probably because Reba was in it, and it was such a curiosity, you know, because we used to watch uh, TNN, the Nashville Network, and, you know, I knew who Reba, I've known who Reba was for a long time, you know, way before this movie. I was like, Reba's in a movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> Reba's in this movie. Oh, wow. And then you see the movie, and you go, oh, wow. Um, I totally buy her. As as Heather Gummer, the uh, survivalist. Oh, no. But for me, Michael Gross, <laughs> as Burt Gummer, walks away with this picture, and he's so different from Family Ties, and he's such a wonderful actor to begin with. Yes. And he would go on to be in, I think, five sequels to this movie. This oh, wow. becomes his franchise. Yeah. I I adore them. What do you love so much about him? 
Uh, the conspiracy aspect <laughs> that reminds me of myself. The, uh, you know, those little lines too. The way he delivers those lines mm-hmm. too, like armored transport. You know, and <laughs> no, this is geographically isolated. That's why Heather and I chose this valley. You know, like, <laughs> and he's kind of a badass. And you know, they make fun of him, but you know, there's that great line too that Fred Ward as uh, Earl has, like. After he kills one of the grab boys, I guess we can't make fun of Bert's lifestyle anymore. <laughs> and what I love about him, and um, by extension the town, is how much then they become part of the group. Mm-hmm. You know, these actors really function as an ensemble. Yes. You know, and the townspeople are in it together. Mm-hmm. Nobody's getting left behind. Exactly. But uh, Bert and Heather just about walk away with this movie for me. And uh, <laughs> Michael Gross, like I said, growing up watching Family Ties and knowing him as the dad on that show. And seeing him play this character is hysterical to me. I think it's I think it's amazing. I've never really seen the show, so I can't I can't comment on that. But, but he's like this really warm liberal Democrat, and here he's this really hardcore, you know, right wing <laughs> gun nut, and it's hysterical, you know. And uh, I think he's really great in the movie. Oh, he's amazing. Do Do you buy Bert as a badass? Sure, yeah. Yeah, he's making the bombs, and Reba's making the bombs. So, right. Well, this story is nothing without an antagonist, and we have four faith, four, count them, yes. Graboids. What did you think of the Graboids? Because they're great monsters. They really are. They're very cool looking. I like when, you know, they blow up and you see their guts. That's pretty. Yeah. That's, that's fun. <laughs> I love the color of the guts, too. I did, too. That's what I was about to say. Like, like a, what, like a yellowy, orange yeah. color? I don't know. Custard. Custard. Yeah. <laughs> custard guts. <laughs> No, they're they're really cool looking. I don't like the snake looking tongue thing. Yeah. You know, of course I don't yeah. like that. <laughs> they're cool looking, I'll say that. But you know how I feel about snakes. Yeah, same that looks here. like them. <laughs> same here, yeah. I think they're great creatures. I love the design of them. I love that mm-hmm. you get enough to know what they are and mm-hmm. what they can do and uh but they don't go into a lot of backstory with them. They're just there. Yeah. I love that. Um I don't feel that you need any, and that leads to one of my favorite scenes, like when they're talking about, well, what are they? You know, well, they must have come up from way under the earth. You know, my vote's for outer space. Yes. You know, ain't no way these are local boys. You know, Fred Ward, why I'm saying that like George W. Bush, I have no oh idea. Oh, my gosh, you did. But uh, I I love them. Uh, did you, did, were you catching like a Jaws vibe from them? Because yes. I was catching Jaws yes. from this quite a bit. <laughs> yes. But funny. Funny so, <laughs> I, th- I really do think there's one of the great creatures in oh, movies. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I love about the movie, as I said, is the way the story's told. Uh, great movies. We get to spend time with the characters before it all hits the fan. <laughs> so we understand who they are, their relationships to one another. And also we come to care for them so that when they're put in danger, we're genuinely worried about them. This movie, I think, does a great job of letting us get to know the characters but also of revealing the monsters and what they can do and then the threat that they pose. The script is by Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson, who wrote the 1986 hit movie Short Circuit. What did you think of the storytelling here? Because like I said, it, it's layered. It builds mm-hmm. and keeps building. What did you think of that? I love it. I think that they do a good job from start to finish with this story. I feel like there's no rushing with it. There's no yeah. fat on it. None. It's just so none. This is all. a prime example of how to write a screenplay. I know, and it's just it pulls you in. It's, I'll always say that yeah. about things, but yeah, this literally this story just right away like it hits you, and you're just you're instantly pulled in. You want to see what happens. I love it. I like the way that they build it. Mm-hmm. You see what these creatures can do, and then I like that they hold off on revealing them. Right. I like that you know you see the tongue first, you yeah. know, and then you see the whole thing. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And I, I watch this movie probably once every couple of years. I go back to it. And 
I'm always just in awe of just how they made it. You right. know, it's just so, so well done. And uh, speaking of the Graboids and the story uh, storytelling, we talked a lot about the uh, comedy. You know, this is a very, very funny movie. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about the horror because this is a kind of a brutal movie. How brutal did you find it? And this is a PG-13 movie, so, but it's kind of brutal. In a way, yes. I think the most brutal part we, we said earlier, kind of that whole isolation part to me is what's so brutal that you feel trapped and stuck, you know? I think the most brutal part is the sheep. Yes. You know, the sheep. Yes. Because uh, you actually see it, so mm-hmm. you know what they're capable of. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene, and I'm going to talk about it again when we get to our favorites after the break, but my favorite scene is when the doctor's wife gets killed in the uh, station wagon. I think that's a, just a wonderfully creep-tastic yeah. scene, and you know what's going to happen to her because you have yep. built up... So you don't have to see it happen to her. And that's kind of worse. You know, you see the headlights going up out of the dirt into the night sky. But uh, I love the way that they incorporate the horror into into this. And with that, before we go to break, let me ask this question. Did you find the Graboid scary? In a way, kind of. Yes. Like you said, knowing how brutal they could be. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think they're scary. I think they're scary. I think they're worthy antagonists and, and monsters for this kind of movie. I think they, it really works. Have you had nightmares about them? Never. <laughs> Never. Never. Yeah, they're not nightmare worthy, but they're pretty creepy. They're, I, and not, they're not cute. They're not creepy. They're just kind of, I think they're what this movie needs. I think they're the right monster yeah. for this. kind of gross, you know? For the like, tone of yeah. this movie. I think they're, I think they're correct. Yeah. You know, I agree. I, I, yeah, I love the design. Um, again, I love that we don't know what they are. I don't. I, know. I don't care what they are. <laughs> Me neither. I all I need to know is that they're there. They pose a threat, and if you walk, they'll they'll get you. Yep. D- does that creep you out? The, the you know, if you, if you step, yeah, with it, yeah. That's what it seemed like the whole like trap thing. You know, like I mean, yeah. You find a place to stand. That's kind of it for unless you have a plan. You know? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to take a very short break, but when we get back, we do have some new music from Cozy Corner. We have our good friend, uh, the Big HF, host of The Straight Dope, and his good friend, Michael Kane. Uh, they are going to be doing a duet. Uh, boy, this promises to be very good, I, doesn't it, Faith? I cannot wait. I can't wait either. Well, you're going to have to wait till after the break, Faith. All right. All right. Well, until then, I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. Rice, host of Laser Beams. Pew, pew. That's Laser Weezy and Beams Weezy with your update from Laser Games. Pew, pew. Tonight's high score in Laser Tag was Labia Lips 69. He had 825,000 points and 342 CK. That's confirmed kills. Kills with a Z. Also, the corn dogs that were served at the snack shop tonight were rented. While you did not give anyone food poisoning, you did give everyone a very bad case of gas. Poot, poot. 
Robert Armour 69 had it so bad he had to call his mommy to pick him up because we could not stand being around him. Afterwards, it was very funny. Ha ha. Be sure to join me every week on Laser Beams. Pew, pew, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. This is Bobby D'Amato, host of Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright. If you're like me and billions of other people across the planet, you like to get it on. Let me help you get it on. Afterglow plays the best in classic soul and R&B jams to help get you in the mood. Hey, it'll be like I'm right there with you, helping you the whole way. You know what I mean. Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright. And hey, right now, if you go down to Maurice's Chicken and Waffles after you get it on, and you tell them Bobby sent you, Maurice is going to throw in an extra bucket of gravy. How good is that? Make some gravy and get some gravy. That's my motto. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we are going to wrap up our discussion of the 1990 Ron Underwood film, Tremors. Ooh. Be careful where you step, Faith. Exactly. Be careful where you step. So this was a first time watch for you, and mm-hmm. I know you really enjoyed it. Uh, what was going through your mind as you were watching this? You know, because I was trying to, you know, I was remembering, like I said, I saw this almost 30 years ago for the first time when it was new. I was trying to put myself back in that frame of mind, you know, kind of trying to see it through your eyes, you know, seeing it for the first time. What was going through your head watching this? That I was having so much fun and I didn't want it to end. (laughs) It's just, it's extremely entertaining, isn't it? It really is. I mean, I feel like I laughed so much through it and yeah, it's just so so great. I, like I said, I've seen it so many times and I didn't want it to end either. (laughs) I never want it to end. You know, it's so well, much fun. You just fun. keep watching it over and over, I guess. This movie is damn near close to perfect. Pretty you know? much. Well, it is perfection. Har, har. Har, This movie seriously gets my highest recommendation. And uh, the critic who said that this walks the tightrope between horror and comedy really nailed it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and that's, that's so often the case, isn't it, where it kind of skews one way. Yeah. Very true. You know, it goes, and the thing about the comedy is it's so good natured. Know. You know, it's it's so just uh, character driven comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a lot of like setups. You know, right. or, or jokey jokes. You right. know, and uh, one thing I want to point out: the movie makes a circle because the movie ends in the same spot it begins when uh, Kevin Bacon is taking that whiz off the uh, <laughs> off the cliff. You can see the survivor rock in the back, and it ends up right back there where he has his big hero moment. And uh, absolutely love it. I want to ask you this question because you said when you were watching this uh, that you are Earl Bassett. I Would am. you like to uh, shed some light <laughs> on that? Because uh, tell them uh, tell them who you think Earl Bassett is as a character. Oh, he's just annoyed by things, and <laughs> the one line that gets me very common sense guy yeah but the one line that gets me is like 
uh, what was it? If we're, um, man, I had it. What was it? Oh, it's, he says that means we're stuck, and that pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. When, uh, when he says that, though, I'm like, that's me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, let's get into it because that, that led right into it because my favorite <laughs> line in the movie, uh, well, I have a lot of them. But uh, one, of my, have- one of my favorite lines in the movie is, uh, uh, well, my favorite scene is when they're stuck up on the rocks mm-hmm. together, the three of them, our, our three stooges as yes. they are. <laughs> And uh, you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, that means well, it means we're stuck. We're stuck. Well, that pisses me off. <laughs> Could you? Can you see Earl Bassett in me? I I've known you a long time, and when you said that, I went, "Yep, <laughs> yep." I see it. <laughs> I don't know which character in the movie I am. I'm not as much of a gun nut you're, as a. You're Bert. Reba. <laughs> I might be Reba. There you go. <laughs> Uh, my absolute favorite line in this movie, though, is I found the ass end of it when uh, Kevin Bacon is uh, they're undoing the uh, the big worm. But yes. there's so many good lines in this movie when every time Fred Ward with uh, uh, Melvin, you know, threatens Melvin, somebody will kick his ass. I love he's like, son of a goddamn bitch. Son Pardon of a- my French. Yeah. Uh, and then. Um, uh, Rhonda, you know, she's like, uh, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to run like, then we're going to run like goddamn bastards. Pardon my French. <laughs> you know, which is one of my other favorite yes. lines in the movie. Yeah. And her like kind of becoming part of the group, yes. you know, it's kind of sweet, but, uh, I love it. Yeah. I love, I love the moment though, when she, uh, when she takes off her pants though, when it's stuck in the barbed wire, because it's so, and like I was saying, like they don't sexualize her at all. It's right. not even like a set, but it's kind of like a, uh, it's the worst thing you want to be is in your underwear in front of strangers with monsters, uh, you know, coming after you. And they said, uh, you got one shoe or yeah. Or does she shoeless completely? She might be shoeless. completely. Yeah. She was shoeless completely. Yeah. And they said she did not rehearse that with Kevin Bacon because she wanted like her reaction to having to take off her pants in five seconds. Like, oh, wow. to be real, I thought they kind of captured it, but uh, I love that moment. Uh, you know, Bert and Heather, you know, when they're shooting off the orgy of bullets, you know, in the, in the rec room. Yes. And his reaction, yeah, you, know, you picked the wrong goddamn rec room. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. really good. I, I love the way, though, the characters kind of come upon their solutions, the way they adapt, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Earl with the fishing at the end, you know, hearing yeah. something and kind of putting two and two together. And I love that the characters are actually smarter than we give them credit right. for. I've called them numb nuts all, all night, but they are intelligent. Uh, to a degree, yeah, say, to, to a, a degree, to, to a point, yeah. <laughs> to a degree. Did you have a favorite scene in the movie? Oh, I did like the rock scene and them doing the um, the pole vaulting. Yes, is the pole really vaulting. Great. It looks so weird and funny, but it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think what else. The whole movie. Can I say all of it? Yeah, you can. All of it. Uh, I like the scene, as I said, with the station wagon with BB mm-hmm. Besh from uh, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, played yeah. uh, Carol Marcus, with her getting devoured by the. Uh, yeah by the graboids the uh, sheep scene sheep scene I really scene, yeah. like the sheep scene and then the old man's head under the yeah. hat that's really cool yeah uh i like uh when they're like uh yeah but who are we gonna get to ride the horses you know who's best on a horse and they're sitting at the bar smoking their cigarettes and they turn around <laughs> yeah it, this is so well done and the, it really and the is. comedy is is so great and the horror is so great and i think this works really really well um yeah, and the little running things with the paper rock scissors is great, yes. you know, and uh, and you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. It, would you say that this movie is about anything bigger than having a kick-ass good time watching a movie? I don't I, know because that's that's all I was getting out of. That's it. all I was getting out of it too. I wasn't getting a. I need to change my life and have a plan. It was more right. like uh, 
Yeah, this is a great kick-ass time at the movie, yeah. and and one of the reasons we love to watch movies and we love to talk about it. Yep. Do you agree with me? This might be the most entertaining movie we've talked about on this show. Yeah, because I'm having fun talking about it. Yeah, you know, like I'm laughing thinking about yeah. this. It's so fun. Yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, seriously, watch it. If it's yes. been forever. Watch this again because it it is so good and it is aged so well. Did it feel like a movie from '89 when, nope. when it was filmed? Not at all. It felt so new, but in a good you know yeah that new way that yeah. good way. And the effects know. hold up too. I know, which is great. Did you catch the Sam Raimi point of view, the Evil Dead shots? You know when they were when they were dragging that camera yep, on the ground. I was in my notes that I really liked the yeah. camera work. <laughs> yeah. Really loved it. Um, anything else about this movie that you want to that you want to bring up? I think we we I think I said everything. I think we found the ass end of it, Faith. <laughs> I, think so. I think we found the ass end of it. Well, we have a very special piece of music here. This is a duet. Uh, Lebowski Fest just ran through Cozy Corner uh, last week, and uh, apparently. Our old buddy, uh, the Big HF, Harrison Ford, the uh, host of The Straight Dope, the number one show here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. Faith, do you know why The Straight Dope is number one? Because everybody wants The Straight Dope on The Straight Dope. Yep, that's it. And apparently we live in a town full of potheads. Well, they went to Lebowski Fest. Imagine that. He's a fan. And uh, they did a duet at Lebowski Fest. Uh, They released it as a single for charity. We have it. And... uh, they, they did this. Have it's you heard a, it? it? No, I haven't. I haven't heard Have it you? either. This is a song in the movie. This is uh, Out Looking Out My Back Door by Credence, by uh, the big HF and Michael Caine, uh, as featured, uh, of course, in the Big Lebowski movie. I don't even know what to say at this point. I'm ready to hear it, I think. I'm ready to hear it, too. Are you sure? <laughs> That's what I think. Are you sure? I think. Okay. All right. Well, we will see you on the other side of this, and don't say you weren't warned. <laughs> I got a feeling this one's going to be pretty good. I bet you didn't know that. No, I'm pretty sure it's going to be terrible. Here we go. Just got home from Illinois. Locked the front door. Oh, boy. I got to sit down, take a rest on the porch. Imagination sets in. Pretty soon I'm singing. Do, do, do. Looking out my back door. There's a giant doing cartwheels, a statue wearing high heels. Look at all the happy creatures dancing on the lawn. Dinosaur Victrola listening to Buck Owens. Do, 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 looking out my back door. Oh, tambourines and elephants, they're playing in the band. Won't you take a ride on a flying spoon? Do, do. A wondrous apparition. Provided by a magician. Do 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 do. Out my back door. You know, Harrison, it occurs to me that this song don't make no sense, don't you think? Nah, I quit thinking years ago. This guitar solo is going on too long. Tangerines and elephants. Yeah, yeah, playing in the band. Won't you take a ride on a flying spoon? Do do. A wondrous apparition provided by a magician. Do 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 do. Looking out my back door. Why, right, here's a break. Bet you didn't know that. 
Well, I do now. Hey, that guitar solo's going on too long again. I think it's just your part. Oh, four troubles. Illinois locked the front door. Oh, boy. Look at all the happy creatures dancing on the lawn. I'm out there dancing. Bother me tomorrow. Today, I'll buy no sorrow. Do, do, do. do, do, do. Looking, looking out my back out door. My back door. That was pretty good. Hey, the song's over. I bet you didn't know that. Faith? Mm-hmm. What was that? I don't know. Uh, I don't either. Michael Caine has a, has a point. That song doesn't make no it sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. All I right. like uh, the enthusiasms on the do-do-do-do-do-do. Uh, mm-hmm. do, do, do. Yeah. Wow. Well, all right. Yeah, that's, well. <sighs> so, Trimmers. Trimmers gets your highest recommendation, does it not? It does. Yeah. I'm so glad you picked it. I'm, I'm really glad I picked it, too. It's always fun when we get that horror comedy mm-hmm. movie, you know, and that, that and this one just walks that line perfectly. <laughs> well, Faith, what do we have next week? Uh, I think we have Horror of Dracula. The Am Horror right? of Dracula <laughs> starring... Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, two of our favorites here on Late Night Fright. How excited are you to get into these Hammer movies I now? I am so excited. I cannot wait. Yeah, this is this is a lot different from the Bella Dracula, but equally as good, I think. Yeah, I'm excited. And uh, Peter Cushing, of course, is in Star Wars. Christopher Lee was also in a Star Wars <laughs> movie, two Star Wars movies, uh, in Lord of the Rings. And I mean, he's been in, he was in everything. He's, he still is one of my favorites. And I'm really looking forward to getting in this one with you next week. I'm excited. But you know what, Faith? What? Listen, do you hear that? I do. It is that time again. The song is playing. It's time to say our goodbyes. Yes, it is. I had a good time tonight. I did too. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, if I can leave you out there with any advice, just be careful where you step. Just try not to make too much noise because a big giant graboid might be <laughs> under the earth. And Reba McIntyre and the dad from Family Ties ain't going to be there to save your sorry nope. ass. <laughs> you ready to do it, Faith? I'm ready. Let's do it. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on a leash. leash. We will see you on the other side. This is the Coyote for the Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. When you're in that world, be real careful where you step. You never know who you might be stepping on or what you might be stepping in. We hope you got good vibes from the show. We hope you take them good vibes out in the world with you. And if you can't find those good vibes, look deep inside your heart. They're right there waiting for you. We'll see you next time.